0: Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which you are doing on Monday morning, the first Monday morning of the playoffs. It's happening. Joining me from Austin, Texas, is the professor, Kirk Goldsberry. What's going on, Kirk?
1: Not much. Just recovering from that first great weekend of playoff basketball, Brian.
0: For sure. Uh, and uh, joining me from, uh, Oak, er, from Oakland, California, but I believe he's flying down here to Phoenix, Um where uh, I am right now, I was at the Suns um, Pelicans game one on Sunday night, is Anscapes, Mark J. Spears. What's up, Spears?
2: Go Tigers. I saw him do that Longhorn thing. Go Tigers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Some SCC uh, action pretty soon here. Um, I, uh, I don't get really excited about games too much. I don't react too much. Um, it's part of the nature of the business. It sort of roots it out of you. Uh, uh, and you hear also the phrase, I was on the edge of my seat. People say that. Well, I was on the edge of my seat at the end of that uh, that first uh, Celtics-Nets game. And when that play happened, I didn't even know if the it was a good basket for Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. I had goosebumps, guys, goosebumps. and And I just at the intensity of the moment. I didn't even know how it uh, played out initially. Spears, it was um, one of the great ends to, to the seas to, to a game uh, for a game one. I've never seen a first round game one have that kind of intensity. Uh, I, I it, it left me with a lot of questions, but um, I think the number one question was this for me. I don't know about for you. I can't believe this is a first round matchup and it's a first round matchup for so many different reasons that uh, uh, were way beyond the, the end, the way the game ended.
2: Yeah, I was, I was actually listening to it on the radio. Wow. And it was going to um, (laughs) nuggets practice and there was Sean Grandy and Cedric Maxwell. And after the basket, Cedric Maxwell yelled out, grandma's going to make you a sweet potato pie. I don't know what that meant. Right. But I was like, Nope. You know, I guess that's gonna be the, you know, with the with the bird steals the pass. You know, grandma mm-hmm. makes a sweet potato pie. That's gonna be in there, lower Now, um, I miss going to Boston games, man. You know, I got yeah. to cover them closely for two years. And and for those people who haven't been there, that's one of the greatest places to see games. But to answer your question, I know I'm dancing around. This might be the best parody. That I could remember, and, and since beginning to cover the NBA in '99, man, like they're really and you and Brian, you saw it last night. Like Pelicans are are pretty good. Like that's the eight seed. Like the Suns had to work for that game, and usually, you know, um, teams get pounded. And you know, I, I think the Hawks were a little tired. I think they'll fare a little better. But man, this is this is this is going to be a fight to the finals on both conferences. Uh, because of that parody and um, it's like I was watching this series at Brooklyn-Boston game, like this could be an Eastern Finals and they're playing in the first round, which is kind of sad, right? But, hey, they got some great teams in the other other parts of the conference too and that's why, you know, I, I, I heard that people say, well, Kyrie triumphed and this is where, you know, where Kyrie's situation bit the Nets. Is that you have a, a first round matchup like this?
0: Thank you. That's what That was where I was leading you. I wasn't gonna say it for you, but that's where I was leading you. <laughs> um, because as Mad as Kyrie is about the treatment of the fans, he he like I'm not gonna defend the Boston fans, trust me. I have I have been treated poorly by Boston fans. I mean, you? I've been treated well by Boston fans, but I have I have watched Boston fans obliterate players for years i mean every time um i tell this story every time uh you come up from from the subway at uh what's the the north station stop right there (laughs) uh um 365 days a year every time i was ever there they had shirts on sale that said f kobe and f lebron those were on sale (laughs) in november those were on sale in (laughs) april
1: <laughs> hey, oh, don't so, forget the don't forget the F Jeter t-shirts. They were always a mainstay there uh, as well. Right, yeah. that oh, was, was over
0: at the ken at the Kendall <laughs> <clears throat> at the Kendall stop on the Red Line. Well, yeah. Kirk, you have Boston uh, roots too. You um, went to school there, um, so you know what the fans are like. I, but Kyrie has courted this treatment, and he has courted by his decision making. He has courted this matchup, like Spears just said.
1: Yeah, it was like it was like watching an old school Ric Flair performance there for a while. Like he, was, he had the crowd just where he wanted them. And and you know what? I love what Spears says. The parody is there in the NBA right now. This thing is wide open. But it reminds me also of 2015 when my beloved Spurs had to play the Clippers in that first round series. And these mm-hmm. two, two teams had no business being in a first round series together. Probably two of the best teams in the West that year. Uh, these are the two hottest teams in the East right now. The Nets finally put it together at the end of the season. They came into the playoffs playing good defense, obviously playing great offense, and the Celtics were the only team better than them in the East, and and they've been killing it since New Year's Day, as we all know. Uh, This did not feel like game one of round one. You add in all this intrigue about Kyrie being this ultimate villain <laughs> in Boston and that, that fan base being particularly sort of sensitive and ready to go with that exact kind of theme, a guy coming back to Boston and trying to do it. And man, Kyrie played one of the best games he's played in recent memory. That fourth quarter run, he scored 18 points in the fourth. Uh, the most points, Brian, that this dude's ever had in the fourth quarter in a playoff game. Uh, and he combined to score, I think, 23 or assist on 23 of the 29 Nets' fourth quarter points. It wasn't until the very, very end um, when the Celtics kind of stole this game uh, that, that the tables had turned on Kyrie. So it was an intense game, one of the most physical, most intense first round games I've ever seen. Uh, and I don't know if I can deal with six more of these guys. Jeez. <laughs>
0: I hope there's six. I, and that's the thing. Like uh, the, the the many nuances of Kyrie were all there Yeah. because he was absolutely brilliant. His shot making and playmaking was just awesome. And so if you're a Nets fan, you're saying, oh, I am so glad he's on my team. Uh, it's all worth it. You know, this is a guy who's a difference-making player in the playoffs. He's worth his weight in platinum in a playoff setting. And those things are partially true. But he's out there causing problems for his own team by the way he's interacting with the fans. And, yeah, they shouldn't be saying the stuff that they're saying to him. But
2: that's Boston.
0: Of course. Of course that is. And he's inflaming it. He's stoking it. And, you know, I appreciate I, I, I in a in a vacuum, I understand his comments about how he, sh- he doesn't deserve to be treated that way. No person deserves to have those things said to him, but he knows the lay of the land and he's yeah. putting gasoline on it. So I can't absolve him. He knows the cameras are on him nonstop. He knows he can't flick off somebody the back of his head. Like it's, you know, in grade school and and it's not going to nobody's going to see it. He knows he can't walk through the, the 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 tunnel of an arena with 500 cell phones there and scream at a fan. Is it ridiculous that the fans, you know, was in Boston last year, Spears, right, where somebody threw a bottle at him? Um,
2: yeah. And I think uh, was it Johnson, Tyler Johnson, like almost got hit by it and a security right. saw it or something. Yeah.
0: Absolutely unacceptable! Yeah. Absolutely unacceptable! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, completely bad statement on the fans. But he he knows that that's who he's so that that's the other thing. And then the other you know, thing is
2: scary too. Brian is it's yeah. like um, it just takes one stupid inflamed fan to make this like a horrible situation, right? And I, and
0: I'm worried about it. There's 20,000
2: people there. Most of them will just probably booze, talk a lot of stuff. But then there's just that one dummy, man. That, that's what makes me nervous um, about any situation like this. You know, the one guy that, all right, I'm going to take my savings and buy a ticket because I'm tired of this guy.
0: <laughs> well, something and, stupid, man. and you know Kyrie. <laughs> Can you imagine like sitting down with Kyrie and going, hey, Kyrie, listen, man. I know this is very upsetting, but can you just tone it down for this series? Can you just block it out, just for the good for 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 the good of you and the team? He would. I think that would actually go against it. I think if someone of authority—not that nobody has anybody has authority over Kyrie—I think if somebody had authority, like you know, let's say Sean Marks or Joe yeah. Psy, I I think that would almost be counterproductive.
2: <laughs> but hey, um, uh, I'd be lying. See, and they may, and I think you guys agree with me because we're all from the same era. I love it. He is like <laughs> what we grew up watching, man. Come on, Brian. Like, let's not yeah. be totally like uh PC. I, well, I love seeing these battles, man. Like,
0: I love I love it, but I that's don't That's So we like grew it.
2: up all that's what we saw early in our careers. And the Kobe going there, like oh, you know, I was Gordon, on the edge of my go to Detroit seat. And, like. Bird used to go to L.A., a Magic and bought. Like, come on, man. We, we, our, our, this league has gotten so, you know, cookie-cutter, nice and sweet. And, hey, I'm going to hug you after the game, dap you up, and let's go pop bottles. Vivid
0: Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with vivid seat rewards score unbeatable perks like free tickets surprise seat upgrades and annual birthday deals as official ticketing partner of espn vivid seats is offering you 20 off your first 200 ticket purchase with code hoop that's code hoop h-o-o-p visit vividseats.com or download the app today vivid seats experience it live Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Supercuts. Let's face it, life is busy. Between work and family and more work, our to-do lists have a way of getting longer instead of shorter. Luckily, Supercuts is here to make at least the haircut part of your life easy. Supercuts is perfect for people who need a haircut but don't have a ton of time for a haircut. No more scouring the web for salons with availability. You can use the Supercuts app to find the location nearest to you and check in or just walk in. Another bonus, the salon shows estimated wait times so you know exactly what you're in for. That way, you're only in salon when you need to be. and Don't expect to stay a while. As for the cut itself, it's always super solid. Thanks to Supercuts' highly trained stylists. Get in, get out, and get to that thing that you needed a haircut for. Whether you've got a big presentation coming up or a wedding, or you just need some upkeep, Supercuts makes getting a haircut effortless. It's not just any haircut. It's Supercuts. Check in now on the Supercuts app or on Supercuts.com.
2: I like this. Hey,
0: you are exactly right. But I'm just saying then don't don't want nothing bad to happen.
2: But of course, I I, I love this.
0: But I'm saying don't go then give interviews for all the fans to see where you stoke the fire. I, I just I mean, go do it on the court. But also, by the way, at the end of the game, Kirk, um, when Kyrie wouldn't give the ball up on the Oof. double team, you know that was a hurtful moment. That was Kyrie yep. doing like I would say he's doing too much with the fans. As great as he was, you got to give the ball up there, and the Celtics knew exactly what they were going to do. And look, there was a percentage chance that Kyrie was going to beat that double team. The guy's beaten a thousand double teams. But the best and worst of Kyrie contributed to the way that game played out.
1: Yeah, and you know, you got to look back at that incredible sequence. Everybody's going to remember this game, guys, for the Tatum shot. Uh, and they should. That was incredible. I think it was the first buzzer beater in that, that storied franchise's home game history, which is, is kind of incredible. Uh, but, you know, it was 84-69. Boston was kicking their butt with six minutes left in the third. Uh, they opened the fourth with an 11-point lead. And then Kyrie goes to work. Uh, And that 11-point lead was a one-point deficit for Boston, four minutes into the fourth. Uh, And it sure looked like, man, Boston was about to blow this game. Uh, And with 45 seconds left, I think one of the biggest shots of the game, obviously, is Kyrie hitting a step back in Marcus Smart's face from 28 feet. This is a guy a lot of people think uh, is Defensive Player of the Year, And, and I'm not mad at them. But Kyrie, just to contextualize what happens after that, Brian, He hit that shot in a tie game with 45 seconds left against one of the best defenders on the planet uh, to, to take a three point lead. And he's so cool coming back down the other, the other end, but you know, it's that it's in that context that that you look at the next trip down, you know, Jalen Brown scores on an ATO just powers by Bruce Brown and makes it a one point game. This is the possession you're talking about. It's a one point lead for Brooklyn Kyrie it's ISO all the way he gets in trouble Al Horford and Marcus double team around the right block and it looks lost. And he finally gets the ball to Kevin with just a few seconds left on the shot clock. Kevin misses and the rest is history. Um, But maybe there was a better play for Kyrie in that last possession. Maybe he could have hit the eject button a little earlier in the possession. I think that's what you're saying. Get Kevin the ball uh, earlier rather than with just three seconds left on the shot clock. Kevin ends up taking a real tough, three himself in Jason Tatum's grill and doesn't make it. Uh, And then, as I said, the rest is is history. Kyrie finds himself at the wrong place at the wrong time on the other end as Tatum makes that layup as time expires. Just a wonderful last minute for the Celtics. And I just say this, Brian, that win was obviously massive for Boston. But if they hadn't won that game, (laughs) it would have been devastating because they were the better team. Kevin did not play very well. uh, And, geez, they needed a last second home savior in that buzzer beater if they had lost that game it would have been brutal and brooklyn would be sitting here with a,
2: a 1-0 lead uh stealing that game on the road so i think yeah, off, can... I'm, I'm, I'm gonna add to that kirk I, yeah it's in the playoffs man you know it's the first one to four wins and so whether you win by 40 or yep. you you win by one like when you lose a game like that god that stings man that stings because they the, the, the advantage that the Nets would have got uh, home court would have been in their favor. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure they know either way that they could beat them, but that just makes the task even harder, like, when you lose a game like that. So I'm sure for Durant, who didn't have the greatest of games, Kyrie probably thinks back to some of those plays. For Nash, like, that – that one probably, those, those losses in the playoffs sting more than getting their butt kicked, right?
0: Yeah, so I mean, so Tuesday night is game two. This pod's coming out on Tuesday morning, so our at the tonight. The Nets get one of the. See, the thing about the Nets is they have this back end mystery of uh, Simmons, um, in clearing is increasing signs that Simmons is going to try to play, um. It's not my back. I don't see him in practice. I think it's wild that a guy would play for the first time ever for a team in the playoffs. Um, but everybody says that happened. Happen. I don't remember it happening for where the guy has played for the f- for the first time. I'm Does sorry, it could happen
2: for a couple people this playoff.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, first time ever in a team's uniform—not just playing for the whole season, but the first time. Yeah, in a team,
2: debuting. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's history. when I—that's crazy. The
0: one time LeBron's last year in Cleveland, um, the first time around, um, the, uh, they remember they had Shaq on the team. Shaq got hurt, and then the Cavs t- traded for Antoine Jamison. And in Game One of the playoffs, which just just showed you how they were stitching that team together. Game One of the playoffs, Shaq and Antoine Jameson played together for the first time. Um, that was a big deal at the time. Cause it was like, wow, how are they going to rush this together? But you know, at least Shaq could play with those Cavs teammates, at least Jamison had play with those Cavs teammates to a certain degree. This guy, as far as I know, has never worn a Nets uniform, an actual game uniform except for picture day. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. So, um, but that is out there. Yeah. And so if you're the Nets, you're thinking, just extend this series. Just extend it so they win Game Two on Wednesday, which absolutely I can. And I will say this: one of the things that uh, I, I I really was clear to me, it is very rare that a team's size bothers Kevin Durant. He is he is one of the guys. I've said he's. It's almost his shot. You almost can't defend his shot because of how tall he is, and of how. Uh, he puts the ball way over his head. Well, he got he got thrown off his game by the Celtics' size. Also, the officials in the game allowed physical play, and it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. Uh, you know, we're doing this on Monday morning, so we haven't heard what the Nets might say at practice on Monday and Tuesday before the game. But it wouldn't surprise me um, if, if I were. You know, the, the teams that I've covered, they would. Have a meeting and decide. Hey, we're gonna begin to apply pressure to the referees. If I'm Steve Nash, I'm coming out and saying, you can't let these guys manhandle our guy like this. You got, you know, there's it was unacceptable the way Kevin Durant was officiated. Like this is what I would normally see in a playoff series: is um, trying to to affect the officiating because one of the big things that happened in this game was Durant was unable to have freedom of movement and. That really bothered him. He played a poor game. At one point, Jason Tatum straight-up blocked a shot yeah. head-on, which I've almost never seen with, with Durant. So to me, Kirk, the takeaway from this game, other than the, the big moments that, are, that we may not see again, is the Celtics intend to be very rough with Durant, and they got the officiating to cooperate in game one. I don't know if it'll last.
1: Yeah, I I think so. Somebody tried to game plan against Kevin in the playoffs for a few years. There's nothing you could do. And we had in the Spurs era, we had Kawhi and Danny Green uh, when they were both playing very, very high level on defense. Uh, And there's essentially, it's very difficult to do anything because he's so talented. And as you mentioned, his shot is so high off the ground and uh, obviously very accurate, Uh, but. I think this might be the single best defensive team that Kevin's had to play in the playoffs in the sense of the, the matchups, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus smart. This is one of the greatest fleets of perimeter defenders that Kevin Durant has ever faced in a playoff series. Uh, This is the best defense in the NBA, Brian. Uh, This is nothing that you're just going to roll over. Uh, And Jason Tatum, you know, he did play incredible defense. Go rewatch that last shot that if Kevin makes, we're having a very different conversation today. Jason is one of the few guys who has the instincts and the length to, to feel for where Kevin's trying to get and get there. Uh, and Kevin still got the shot off, but boy, that was a tough shot in a large part because Jason Tatum was right there with him. Uh, there's very few players that, that can get in Kevin's face uh and, and play that kind of defense. And and beyond Jason, as I said, there's also Jalen and Marcus Smart. Heck of a second and third choice there uh for the Celtics. This this is one of the best defenses he's ever played in the playoffs. Uh and, and he's gonna still get 40. There's gonna be a game where he gets 40. I promise you that. Uh, I'm not saying they're gonna stop Kevin Durant, but Kevin's gonna have a hard time doing what he normally does against this Celtics
2: defense in this series. Hey Brian, and I wanted to add this on um you mentioned Ben Simmons, and I've heard the same things about games three and four. Um, I found it interesting in the box score, which is, uh, it looked weird, but Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge both got DMPs.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, so that, that shows kind of how, uh, you know, small in a lot of ways that the Nets were going. So I'm really, like, intrigued by, like, how do you get Ben in now? Like in what way? What what is his role? I assume he comes off the bench, right? But like, what do you want him to do? It's um, even as talented as he is, and his ability to do all the things that he could do, like has he even scrimmaged with them. Like this is this is hard. This is hard. I mean, like even the it's. Even I think as, it's.
0: I think it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. even as crazy. much as
2: Steph Curry has you know, play with the Warriors, they felt more comfortable and he felt more comfortable coming off the bench in game one against Denver. So just trying to like, I'm, I've been watching Jamal Murray and he seems like he's close and Porter told me he thinks he's day to day, but just to incorporate somebody now when the, 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 the margin of error is very, very slim, right? Because you're, you, you can't, experiment you got to win these games you got to advance that i think that's really hard to do and good luck to the to the uh, nets coaching staff and figuring that out uh, particularly yeah. in the
1: context of yeah. this exact series that's all i want to say brian this is this is not sixers hawks this is a different animal entirely and and for the exact kind of struggles that we've seen ben have to put him into a game in boston in game five or game seven or something like that. That's intense, man. Like I, there are real questions for me, not only on the role fit and his basketball legs and his health, but his ability to, to rise up immediately, as you're saying, Marcus, in this exact series and contribute.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, long-term, I, I mean, uh, I've said this before. I think Ben Simmons is the center. I'm not saying he plays center against Joel Embiid for 35 minutes, but uh, just in this, in this game, imagine having Simmons out there instead of Claxton and um, how it would have opened up some of the things they could have done. So, but yeah, short answer, we'll see a lot more (laughs) is going to happen in this series. I I have a rule that I've developed over all the years I've covered the playoffs that you never overreact to game one. It takes discipline because there's so much excitement around series that it's, you know, and, and I have seen, I think there's two series that come to mind um, where I have, where I did see game one and I go, Oh, I can see this clearly. This is what's going to happen. One was um, when the Pacers upset the Knicks, the last time the Knicks ever won a playoff series and they had um, the higher seed against the Pacers, the Paul George Pacers, like 2012 or 13. I saw game one in the garden and said, no, the Pacers are going to win this series. And the other one was when, um, uh, the Orlando Magic upset the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2009. I saw Game 1 and said, I don't think the Cavs can defend this team. But never overreact to Game 1, so let's not. Um,
2: yeah, remember when that, Iverson and the Sixers uh, classic beat up the example. Lakers in Game 1. Classic example. <laughs> that is the seminal example,
1: Marcus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Three times a week, The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast brings you the latest from technology, music, and the very best analysis of the games. Plus, they have a community of friends, including Dominic Foxworth for Foxworth Fridays. That's The Right Time with Bomani Jones, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And on Wednesdays and Fridays, the podcasts are also available on ESPN's YouTube channel. For the ones who get it done, Ranger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Ah, that sound has to make you smile. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting, of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility Powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com/hoop, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com/hoop right now. Shopify.com/hoop. All right. So think about uh, speaking of game one and not overreacting. Tuesday night, we have game two in Memphis, uh, Wolves, Grizzlies.
2: No, overreact. Uh,
0: not overreacting. Overreact. Just gonna... no,
2: I'm, I'm changing it for you. I'm overreacting. <laughs> He's going to go for it. Over... it we just it, talked to an Overreaction. I saw this was a problem before.
0: Boy, did I call this wrong. I thought Memphis would torch that. I know the no. matchups. I know the matchups don't. F- I know it. they favor the Wolves to a certain extent, but I couldn't believe how much it, I was dead wrong about how this series was going already. You've
2: been dead wrong on the Timberwolves for a while. (laughs) I told you back on our old show, the jump, I want to say in the spring about a a year and some change. And, and, and I love you like a brother and I respect your basketball acumen. You've Been around the game a long time, but I told you about these Timberwolves, Brian, I told you, I said they're going to be in the playoffs this yep. year. You don't remember that. And you looked at me like I was crazy on national television.
0: I would have said you were crazy three months ago.
2: And I Not even a, a year you, ago,
0: I thought you were crazy.
2: Ant Man is the truth. Yes, he is. He is the truth. He is, he is like the. Whew, He's like, gone. I know we're going crazy over a job, but I'm telling you, this kid, Ant Man, is special. He is, man, I, I love watching him play. He's capable of dropping 30 on every given night. He's, he's, he's spectacular. And you got three guys that could give you 30 on any, every given night. And that's, to me, where I don't know if Memphis can handle, even with Ja, that firepower as a team. To me, this is a bad matchup. Mentally, it's like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. You got two young teams mm-hmm. fighting for the same thing. So Memphis is suddenly not the underdog. And now they got some real adversity. I'm wondering how they're going to handle this real adversity. And just as hungry as they are, so is Minnesota. They got the same chip on their shoulder. This is a horrible matchup for Memphis. I have not jumped on the bandwagon. I've been standing on the corner of Beale Street with some ribs and a beer. But I won't <laughs> get on the bandwagon like everybody else. And I think this is a this is a I I picked – actually memphis to win in seven but my mind has been telling me to listen to me and i wanted to take minnesota in this series and i believe minnesota will end up winning respectfully job Morant, who is amazing but i i just think this is
0: this is exactly this, what the grizzlies this is a mean. good disrespect. i would have said this before disrespect game one.
2: i would have said this before game one i'm telling you man minnesota is a bad matchup for this memphis club I agree.
1: I agree. And I think, you know, the number that jumps off the page in in game one is the 130 points that Minnesota put up on this team. The Memphis Grizzlies, they're known for two or three things. Obviously, John Moran has incredible highlights uh, being so young and being so sort of edgy. uh, But statistically, this is known as one of the best defenses in the NBA. And Anthony Edwards just went in there and put up 36, a very efficient 36. Uh, Second,
2: first playoff
1: game, first playoff game and look like the best player in the series in game one. That could change. But Memphis needs to do something to adjust for that. And they have great coaches. Uh, But, you know, what else is when I think about this Minnesota team? I think it was Townsend, Russell's team sort of last year at some point. And at some point in the last few months this year, somewhere This became Anthony Edwards and Pat Beverly's team. A very big personality transplant has occurred. uh, And this team is now one of the edgiest, most dangerous young teams uh, in the NBA. And that was on full display in game one where they went in and said, we're going to take this game.
0: One of the reasons I have been skittish about the Wolves is because I was there before Spears. Several incarnations (laughs) ago, I thought the Wolves, I at one point, I think I even said they were going to win 50 games and they won like 33. I believed in them before and was repeatedly let down. And the thing about them, they are dangerous. I agree because um, Anthony Edwards can go off for 45 points at a moment's notice, but they're very, they have very high variance players. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell can hit eight out of 12 shots. He can also hit three out of 12. Yeah. Malik Beasley can come off the bench and just be a, like a microwave type player. He can also come off the bench and give you zero, give you empty minutes. Yeah. Patrick Beverly can be a pest. There are other times when the matchup is bad, where he gets, rolled on defense yeah carl anthony towns is a tremendously talented player there are times when he fades into the wallpaper especially on the defensive end now if you are making the argument that that was the old timberwolves and that with chris finch and with an older more confident towns and with beverly injecting them with a different spirit and um you know with their uh you know collective uh, uh you know we're young and we're angry and we're gonna show you and we're gonna give right back to Memphis and we're gonna beat our chest when we win a play-in game. That like if you wanna if you wanna push that back on me, I, I that's a case. Um I just watch Memphis all year long. Yeah. Slice people's throats, just be absolute killers. And absolutely major credit to the wolves for coming in and just punching them right. They look in the like a better
2: know? team from jump.
0: I agree. <laughs> I agree, and you know, I was at this uh, Pelicans uh, Suns game. We didn't even hear uh, about that trick. They didn't even get to play it. <laughs> 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 I, I know, and the Pelicans just had like the, like their best week in 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 years. Like yeah. they were all hyped up, ready to go. The Suns hadn't played in a week, you know, and uh, the Suns came out and we're like yeah i just want to remind you that we're the best like right out from the start they just kicked them right in, in the gut and um you know that is a is an example of a of a team that's you know handles their business a little bit better than Memphis like right but they done that more than Memphis has so i'm going to credit that and like look it, guys we talk again in 10 days you could shove this back in my face right. but um i still am a believer that the grizzlies are going to handle them um but i don't think series. it's going to
2: be that's what it looks like to me. You know what the X factor yeah. is the pesk of all pesks. Patrick Beverly. Can he be a nuisance to Ja? I, I saw it a little bit. Saw it a little bit. And I'm like, Ja, don't bite. Don't bite, Ja. Don't don't bite. And I and, and I, I, I can see him start drawing back at him a little bit. Um, the way to shut him up is to destroy him. Like, I remember Lucas, which Jock ja can
0: with all due respect to Pat Bev. I've spent some no, time with No, no, of course Bev. He can. I love that ja but
2: that's what he has to do. Like, game two has to be a job ja game, he has to destroy, destroy him, show them who they are. Um, because once you destroy him, it kind of changes. Maybe he, you know, he's still gonna be Pat, but. He need the jaw has to impose his will next game, but I'm telling you, these and another thing that we don't talk about it because well we never talk about Minnesota, is their (laughs) length, their length defensively. Like they just got, they don't have their positionless players. Like they got all this like bothersome length everywhere. (sighs) Telling you, Brian. They were the seventh seed for
0: a reason, Spears. They were the seventh seed because there were times they looked great and times when they looked awful.
2: Um, we might We might yeah. have to go get some wild rice soup and some wild-eyed fish. <laughs> <laughs> Watching them who they play, Golden State, maybe, right?
0: Uh, well, I mean, you're saying, you, well, you think the Wolves are the Wolves are going to be the one playing Golden State. What That's you, what I'm players. saying.
2: It's not a far, a far flight from you, where you're at too. That's a quicker flight for you. Man. I'm not, I'm not disclosed in the back cave in which you live, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Well, I just, Spears, these, these I made good, it. I man. made They're it. They're the future. Listen, I this.
0: made that flight a lot of times and went up there and listened to Tibbs and listened to you day.
2: know. I... <laughs> okay. He did Tibbs didn't have Ant Man. I'm telling you, this kid is no. I get. He's the next one. I'm telling you, get ready. To see those number one jerseys everywhere. The same way, Jai's amazing. They're gonna be praising this kid like this after these playoffs.
0: No man, look. I love the swagger that he plays with. It is great for the game. It is great for a place like Minnesota. I I, I love the, the just. I love the way he plays. I love the way he talks about the game. Uh, he's he's great, you know. And, and you know they got. They got uh, ripped for, um, for taking him over LaMelo, you know, Um, you know, they were trying to trade out of that pick. Uh, Gerson Rosas was trying to trade out of that pick up until draft night. Um, He was trying to make a deal with uh, golden state to get his pick back. Um, You know, it's like really remarkably worked out. Um, But I'll tell you what, Kirk Spears and I, I mean, Hopefully all the travel works out, but spirits and I are supposed to hang out here in Phoenix. I feel like this is going to be a topic of conversation later on, (laughs) Uh, but I I don't want to take a hard position against Minnesota. I'm taking, it's more of a position of me believing in Memphis just to be clear.
1: Yeah. And you have a lot of reason. They gave us a lot of reason to believe in them, but they need to demonstrate those reasons here in game two. If, if Minnesota comes out and does what they did again, especially offensively, if ant man, Marcus's favorite player in the NBA comes out and, and puts up another game like he did in game one. Now we're going back to Minnesota. And now we have a problem. You know, if there's a team that's facing a must win in game two, and I am with you on the overreaction lessons, can't overreact to game one. That said, game two is a big, big game for the Memphis Grizzlies. If they go down 0-2, go to Minnesota, uh, that, that fan base hasn't had a moment like that. Uh, in a very, very long time. Yeah. This could get... Like it's 1999. Uh, <laughs> well said, and it's true in many ways. Uh, but yeah, I think um, this game too is is uh, the the defense for the Memphis Grizzlies. Their signature thing all year has to do better, especially on Anthony Edwards. And somebody else besides John Moran has got to show up for Memphis on the other side, whether it's Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain. Dylan Brooks actually played pretty well. Steven Adams... Somebody, Brandon Clark, Steven Adams some, gave him nothing. Somebody's got to give him something yeah. in game two, aside from John Moran. Cause even if John goes for 40, how are they going to get to one hundred and twenty? That's a big question. So I think the biggest, you know, if somebody has a must win here in game two of any team, it's the Memphis Grizzlies.
0: Well, I will say this bond temps went to Minnesota to cover James Harden's first game as a sixer. And the night before the Grizzlies were in town, so he went to the Grizzlies-Wolves uh, game whenever that was, late Feb- mid to late February. And he came out of that game and he goes, you know what? So it's not just you, Spears. He's like, you know what? That's not a great matchup. And he said that to me uh, last week and I still was you know, hard believing that the Grizzlies were going to handle this series. Um, before we go, uh, I just have to say a word here about Chris Paul. hmm. I know that this is probably – this is the series I'm covering, so it's what I'm immersed in right now. And I'm not expecting this to be a series we discuss much. The, 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 the challenges for the Suns are ahead. Um, Chris Paul had a 19-point fourth quarter. It was late on Sunday. It was the last first game one. Um, what was so amazing about it is uh, all the terminology that the, that the Pelicans use is the, pretty much the same as what the Suns use because Willie Green was an assistant and he brought a lot of it over. To uh, New Orleans and so Chris Paul uh, Larry Nance Jr. was playing really well he had led a comeback and uh, Chris Chris came into the game and he heard the coverage I mean he would have figured it out anyway really quick but he heard the coverage uh, code that um, Willie Green yelled out and he knew what it was and he just um, absolutely took apart the, uh, the Pelicans defense for about five minutes scored 17 points incredible. in five minutes I don't think Chris Paul can play better than he is right now his late game play this year was as efficient and devastating as any player I've ever seen in so much as that he always delivered this is a man who shot 58 percent and had a 12 to 1 assist to turnover I'm going to say that one more time 58 percent and a 12-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio in clutch time this season. And this game wasn't even clutch time. It was a six-point game with, like, 11 minutes to go, but he ended the game there. Yep. And Spears, Chris Paul can't take a game like LeBron can. He can't take a game like Durant can. He can't even really, you know, there's certain even things even compared to Tatum because just his size, basketball's a game of size. He has never played better Spears. I don't see how he can play better. And his focus is on a razor's edge. And I think we're going to see if he can stay healthy, some, a special two months here from Chris Paul. I don't yes. know if it's going to be enough, but he served notice again in this one.
2: You remind me of that old man in the park, pick up ball back in the day, man. Just, just not the tallest, not the fastest, not the most athletic, but. His basketball IQ is spectacular Um, and he just makes the game. He looks so easy. He slows it down and that was fun to watch. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, I've appreciated his whole career and you know, it's he's had so many like what if moments because of injuries during his entire career and and he should even had an, you know, memory missed a week because of COVID last season and he was hurt during the finals. So there's so many things you could talk about. He's due for that moment. Right. He, he, he seems due for that moment. He has a team that's now they've been to the finals. They got an MVP candidate who should have been an MVP candidate on their team. And uh, they know each other. Now, this is a certainly much more dangerous team uh, than before. And i I've, I've often wondered, like, if Chris got that championship moment, what would that be like for him and and his family? I, I remember last year when he made it to the finals, and you know his brother CJ is like his right-hand guy. Chris got an extra finals hat, and before they got on the plane back to Phoenix, went to the Ritz-Carlton in L.A. and sought his brother out so he could give him the finals hat, too, so he could be a part of it. There's another hat he wants to give his brother, right? And <laughs> yeah, um, it ain't gonna be easy, but if he could stay healthy, if he could stay healthy, if he could stay healthy, I I can only envision like what mentality he would have back in the championship level.
0: Yeah, you know, not only that, but um he was pouring salt. He was doing his classic Chris Paul, pouring salt. He was barking at Willie Green, who he really likes, but he was. <laughs> letting him know don't put that defensive assignment out there on me sir and then in the classic moment jose alvarado who's one of the best stories of the nba right now yeah. he they had him they put alvarado on him it, it, oh. it got to the point where they just trying everything or maybe it was a switch but um he went to, he took alvarado down and made a jumper over him like about a, about an eight footer and then he said too small too yeah. small the to jose <laughs> chris paul saying too small to the rookie. Hey man, you may be, you may be doing great. And everything's going good, but don't you forget. This is my court. And yeah. You are great too great smart. story.
2: It's cute. <laughs> yeah. The Pelicans,
1: the Pelicans could use Lonzo ball or, or drew holiday in that stretch last night. I can tell you that because they, they, they wanted to make that game interesting in that. Well, stretch. they had
0: Herb Jones, they had yeah. Herb Jones and they just, Chris Paul was like, no, 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 if you're going to defend me this way, I'm going to make sure I got Larry Nance on me and I'm going to do it eight times in a row. And I'm sorry, but, I'm going to kill you. It was an Actually, absolute I'm clinic.
1: Sorry. It was an absolute dude. clinic. It was like watching Tom Brady or something run the two-minute drill, just hitting everything, reading everything, executing everything. And the dude has played point guard for 40,000 minutes now. Uh and wow. he is he is a grandmaster, man. This guy decodes and defeats every defensive coverage uh and, and yesterday, yeah, right when the Pelicans wanted to make that game interesting, Chris had different ideas he's like no let's let's get this let's end this game and he went out and won it 30 10 and 7 yesterday pretty good
0: all right all right spears get on that get on that airplane get down here to phoenix thank you kirk thank you for listening to the hoop collective we'll talk to you guys later this week
2: ant man (laughs) remember that
1: Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com hoop, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash hoop now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash hoop.